Hello, and welcome to the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation Podcast. I'm your host, student Dr. Tassim Chaudhary. Today, we are joined by Dr. Reed Williams. Dr. Reed Williams is an assistant professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University. He went to undergrad at the University of Florida, Go Gators. He received his master's in biological sciences from Drexel University, after which he went to the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University for medical school. He stayed at Temple University Hospital for his preliminary medical internship and PM&R residency, where he was elected chief resident. He then completed an ACGME-accredited sports medicine fellowship at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. Dr. Williams is dual board certified in PM&R and sports medicine and has an additional certification as a registered sonographer. He specializes in sports and musculoskeletal medicine with a special interest in diagnostic and procedural ultrasound. He teaches and lectures nationally on MSK ultrasound, and he's authored multiple articles, cases, and book chapters relating to PM&R. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Williams. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, Dr. Williams, other than being an avid Gator fan, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm only a few years out of residency fellowship training myself, having just become a real-life adult attending physician in 2016. I'm a regular guy uh, who wants to make an impact on the field of PM&R, uh, have an influence on students and residents, and would love to eventually be considered as having lent a hand in helping our incredible field grow. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm currently back home at the Temple University Moss Rehab PM&R training program here in Philadelphia, uh, and it's been great to be back here and really been an awesome experience. Uh, shameless plug for those of you planning on rotations or applying to PM&R, make sure to check out Temple. Uh, what else? Personally, I'm a doting husband, a father to a 15-month-old tornado of a son, and I'm a loving dog dad to our Bernadoodle Izzy. She's half Bernese mountain dog, half poodle. Oh, um, and my wife also has a cat that lives with us. <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously. I like all of the sports. I like reading, epic adventure movies, cooking and eating, probably too much of eating, uh, and I like being outdoors and on the water. So on behalf of the uh, students and upcoming physiatrists, we would like to uh, appre we appreciate your help in creating future physiatrists. My pleasure. Sure. Uh, so, so what traits go into making a good physiatrist? Well, I think there's a lot. Um, I think because of the, the scope of our field being so broad, I think, you know, physiatrists can come in all shapes and sizes. I think there are probably some traits that are important across across all those, uh, kind of across all, all the scope. I think, one, you've got to really like people um, with a desire to kind of understand people. Um, I think it's important that you, you search for reasons why people feel the way that they feel about themselves, about their abilities. Uh, I think it's important to understand how people function or how the lack of function impacts them. Um, I think it's important to understand people so that you can encourage and motivate. Um, other traits, I think it's important to be relatable. I think it's important to be adaptable. Uh, every patient needs something different, and you've got to find a way to deliver that same medical advice and treatment and education in a way that will work for that particular patient on that particular day. Uh, and I think most important, 
and this is true of all doctors, or at least should be, um, but I think it's truer in our field than just about any other. I think you really have to be, you really have to have empathy. That's an, that's awesome, Dr. Williams. I definitely think I heard you say function, and I definitely think that that is a, a pretty good word when it comes to physiatry. I wouldn't say many other specialties focus on the function. Um, and empathy, I definitely feel like those are two two big things. Function and empathy, I feel like, are specific to physiatry. Um, for medical students who don't know about physiatry, tell us what characteristics in a student make them consider PM&R. Well, I think uh, kind of what we just talked about uh, for a couple, but I think other things. Um, I think really liking anatomy and neuroanatomy is a is important. That's kind of our bread and butter. Um, if you ever are a student on rotation and you're kind of finding yourself wondering about what happens to the patient after the hospital stay, what happens after the injury, um, you know, if, if you're someone that thinks about the social impact of what a patient is going through, uh, about how a patient stays healthy and stays functional, um, you know, if you consider how patients adapt to their new lives with their new functional states, um, you know, if you're curious about how patients get back up and get moving, I think those are, you know, are some characteristics you should you should have to go into physiatry. Um, but together and kind of putting it all together, I think a really holistic focus is important. You know, PM&R doctors treat the whole patient with their problems rather than just focusing on the problems um, kind of of the patient. Um, I think that's focus on function, as you mentioned, um, and, you know, not seeing and not paying attention to dysfunction and, and focusing more on function is really important. That's awesome. I think that we talk a lot about, especially now in medicine, the concept of holistic medicine. But how many other specialties really talk about after the patient has been treated for their disease process, then what? It definitely sounds like physiatry is the specialty that focuses on the patient, not just the disease process. Agreed. When you were deciding on a specialty, why did you just why did you decide to go with physiatry? Oh man, um, I liked a lot about most of the fields I was exposed to, but you know, in truth, I didn't love any of them enough to commit to a career. Um, as kind of mentioned above, I always wondered, you know, what happens next, uh, and that always left me feeling kind of a void. Uh, so, truth be told, I was getting really nervous. Uh, I was a, my third year of medical school. I was approaching match and rank and applications, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, luck, uh, the end of my third year of medical school, I, I found PM&R, uh, and it was like gangbusters right away, fireworks. Um, you know, it was an immediate fit. Uh, it it answered for me that what happens next question, you know, heck, as it turns out, dang near the entire field is based on the what happens next question. Um, I dug that it allowed long-term longitudinal care with patients and their families. I really identified with helping people achieve or reachieve functionality. Uh, you know, it, we base so much of our self-worth and so much of our identity on what we can do um, that for me, giving that function back, even to a small degree, you know, to a person was really, really gratifying. Uh, it's pretty cool that I found a job that, you know, that paid me to do that. Um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, you know, sorry, just one more thing. You know, for what it's worth, the other, the, the other real big reason I chose physiatry is that there's a positivity in the field that you just don't find in other fields. Um, a lot of fields kind of have a, I don't know, a feeling of negativity, and it's not their fault. You know, those fields, those patients are sick, and they're, they're most vulnerable, they're scared, and I think that that negativity just kind of filters throughout the whole scope of everyone around them. 
P1R is the exact opposite. It's literally based out of optimism. It's, you know, how do I move forward? Uh, how do I get stronger? You know, how do I get better? And I think that positive flows from the ground up, permeates through the whole team, and ends up meaning, at least in my experience, that the whole team involved in PM&R is, is a whole lot happier. Um, you know, of course, I am I am a physiatrist, right, though, so I'm, I'm clearly biased. Uh, that's funny. As a medical student who has been lucky enough to work with Dr. Williams, I can say I've watched you uh, change patients' lives. I've watched patients come in saying they've been, they're now able to do things that I couldn't do before. So I can, I can attest to the fact that I've seen this firsthand from the medical school standpoint. What was your favorite Sorry. moment as a physiatrist? Uh, does Dean ask to be on this podcast, Count? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, uh, you know, I don't know that I truly, I don't know that I truly have a favorite. Uh, for me, it's kind of all about moments. Um, thankfully, I've got a, a, a ton of them. Uh, I can think of a, a few weeks ago, you know, I got a high five and a, a kind of a spontaneous hug from a particularly kind of brawny and ornery ex-baseball player who, after an unfortunate stroke and, and the loss of the use of his right side, um, had regained after you know, muscular training and retraining and a little bit of intramuscular Botox, uh, the ability to toss fly balls to his son in the backyard. Um, you know, he's he's not running the bases, um, you know, but he can share what he loves about the game that he loves with his son again, and he was just really appreciative for that. Um, so, I don't know, there's an example of a, of a pretty good moment. That's incredible. Um, I think a lot of us go into medicine for those moments. So it sounds like physiatry offers the opportunity to really view those those opportunities, those moments. Uh, how has the field of physiatry changed over your lifetime? Well, I mean, it's certainly been a short professional life for me so far, but I think I've I've seen a couple of changes even already. Uh, first, you know, in the inpatient world, uh, acute hospitalizations are shorter, um, and as a result, people are coming to rehab units in more tenuous medical condition. Uh, so I think being medically sound after intern year has become increasingly important. So those of you that are contemplating transitional year versus preliminary medicine year, I would personally lean far towards that medicine year. So keep that in mind. Um, also, you know, in my case, uh, we're seeing the outpatient side of PMNR really take off. Uh, it's become a major focus for residents and, and future physiatrists. And I think our field has a real future in that scope of medicine especially in this new world of outcome measures and patient satisfaction, cost-benefit analysis, which are all, you know, aspects of medicine that physiatrists are inherently really good at. Um, personally, I'd like to see us eventually become the front line for all things MSK. Um, additionally, you know, technology that's associated with our field has moved forward a ton too. Ultrasound, spinal stimulators, prostheses, transcranial stimulation, regenerative medicine, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, it's really an exciting time for our field. You know, we're growing, and we're growing fast. So you mentioned ultrasound as a tool, and you mentioned that you have a special interest in ultrasound. What is it exactly about ultrasound that you find so interesting? Oh, man. Uh, how much time do you have? You know, I could, nerd out, I could nerd out on ultrasound for far longer than we've got time for today, but uh, I will try to hit some high points. Um, first, you know, I'm a musculoskeletal physiatrist, and, you know, as such, I pride myself on my physical exam. But, you know, when I do an exam, I can only suggest what I'm finding. Um, what I like most about ultrasound is that as an extension of my exam, it's a definitive diagnostic imaging modality. It can correlate, it can corroborate, 
you know, what I already think is going on. So that's really cool. You know, plus it can be done in real time, you know, at point of care with the patient right there in front of you. And you can do it like along with them. You can talk to them and, and walk them through it. And they love that. Patients love it. It's inclusive. It's educational. And it's really revealing all at, all at the same time. Um, you know, from a, from a medical standpoint, it's cheaper than MRI or CT. It's cheaper than many x-rays. And it uses sound, um, you know, not radiation or anything else. So there's no worry about cancer risk or glowing in the dark. Um, you know, and it's changed a ton. It, it's portable now. I mean, you know, we have these big, beautiful machines, and they provide these awesome pictures. But they've also got machines that can fit in, the, fit in your hand. You can extend your exam diagnostic ability outside of the clinic. You can get to the sideline, the locker room, the concert hall, you know, wherever. Uh, some pretty futuristic Star Trek type stuff, if you ask me. Um, you know, and then really, unlike any other imaging modality, it's dynamic. X-rays, MRIs, they're all static. They can't move. With ultrasound, you can watch live as tendons, muscles, nerves, joints, bones, etc. move. Uh, impingements, dynamic nerve entrapment, ligamentous instability, in some cases fractures, are, are readily visible where otherwise you wouldn't see it. Um, and then from a procedural standpoint, it gives a, it gives a big step up also. Uh, ultrasound allows you to have precise and accurate and dynamic visualized needle delivery to structures beneath the skin. Um, injections, tenotomies, nerve blocks, they're all really easy with ultrasound. And, you know, in the pipeline, there are some really cool microinvasive, non-invasive surgical techniques that are being described with the use of ultrasound. So, you know, change is coming. Viva la ultrasound revolution. <laughs> um, so, as you know, many of our listeners are medical students who are interested in physiatry. And I actually had someone reach out to me recently and ask me if you could ask someone of their caliber this question. In your career, you have worked closely with residents. What things should medical students do to strengthen their chances of attaining the PMR residency of their desire? Oh, wow. Um, you know, first, and, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all, but obviously do as well as possible on your on your steps. Uh, you know, you don't have to kill the test. I think our field's average score is about the average overall score for the nation. Uh, but it's certainly better to leave doors open by doing well than to close them on yourself by doing the opposite. Um, next, I'd say get involved. Volunteer for medical coverage at sporting events, shadow physiatrists, volunteer in the community at adaptive events, get involved in research or case write-ups, go to conferences, you know, show a maintained interest in our, in our field. That's what the match data, uh, which is released every year by the, by the NRMP, suggests that program directors care most about. They want to see dedication to PM&R. Um, also, if you're playing the game and you're really interested in one particular place, plan ahead and rotate there. Do well and press the pants off them and then match. Um, but, you know, I say it probably broadly, though, because there are bunches of truly great programs out there, and I wouldn't limit yourself just because you don't know what you don't know. Hmm. Those are very wise, wise words, Dr. Williams. So you've uh, worked very closely with residents, and I'm sure you've had an amazing um, impact on them and their lives and their future patients. Tell us about someone in your training who has had an impact on you. Oh, gosh, man. Uh, there are so many people I can mention here that are mentors, and uh, it's hard to pick one. So I'm going to be cheesy. Um, I mean it, but it's super corny. I 
I would say that the folks that I have that have the most impact on me are the residents I work with day in and day out. Um, the residents here at Temple inspire me. They challenge me. They force me to work and learn harder, uh, and they and they push me to be better every single day, which is awesome. Hmm. That is awesome. Um, and I know that you said you are relatively early in your career. What is one thing you wish you knew earlier in your career that you know now? I'll give you two things. Uh, one, I wish I had been exposed to the business of medicine earlier, or I guess maybe just paid more attention to it. Um, modern medicine is, is still science and art, uh, but it's definitely part business, and I think that's different than it's ever been. And that business part is unavoidable. So get to know it now so it doesn't kind of scare you, bite you, or anger you in the future. Uh, second, I would have taken the time to understand what compound interest means to my student loans. I probably didn't need to live my fourth year of medical school like I was a Kardashian. Uh, you know, um, I, I had fun, so whatever. Um, I don't regret the memories, but my, my checking account sure does. So uh, be smart with your, with your moolah, guys. Like a, like a Kardashian, Dr. Williams? What, what exactly were you doing your fourth year of medical school? You know, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what advice would you give to students or residents interested in doing research in physiatry? Uh, well, I'd say as a field, we really need research. Our, our scope, as I mentioned, the practice is so broad and huge that the need for research is really important to help move our, our very young specialty forward. Um, we really do have a dearth of good evidence-based medicine for, for, our, for PM&R in just about all of our aspects. Um, so I tell them to just get a hold of folks and get involved. Ask physicians that you're working with, email program directors and ask if they have anything going on, email chief residents that you've worked with, um, just kind of make your own inroad. Um, I don't think research, for those of you applying to PMR, is mandatory to get into residency but it's certainly not going to hurt your chances. And, of course, if you're looking to go towards a more academic program, you know, you've, you're probably going to want to have something like that because you have to know your audience. But um, I do think research is a real need for our, for our field going forward. Hmm. So, Dr. Williams, you and I have talked a little bit about how some students come from certain schools don't necessarily have the resources uh, to get involved in physiatry earlier in their medical school career, uh, what would you recommend to a student who is interested in physiatry but whose school doesn't necessarily offer the resources? Yeah, um, you and I have had this exact conversation, and you know, like you have done, um, I would I would recommend to those those students to to go to conferences to find physiatrists in your area and catch up with them, reach out to program directors directly, you know, set up shadowing or array rotations, uh, and then something as easy as contacting your PM&R organizations like AOC PM&R, AAPM&R, AAP, you know, et cetera, for advice and mentorship. Most of these programs, if I'm not wrong, already have kind of avenues set up for mentorship relationships, so they should be pretty easy to find. That's great advice. Um, so there's been a lot of talk recently uh, about the concept of resident and physician burnout. What do you believe is a potential solution to this problem? Oh, gosh. Uh, burnout is a complicated thing. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks are looking at PM&R as an answer by itself. 
just as the fact that medicine and practices, I don't, I don't think that's really the case. I think, I think medicine in general is tough. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you have to base your expectations in reality. Um, and that's, that's really all about educating yourself about medicine, about the field, about life in modern medicine. You have to learn all about the good, you know, and what we do, what we can help others with, what value we bring to society, and then also about learning about the bad, you know, what kind of burden is paperwork going to be? What kind of effect is insurance going to have on my practice? Uh, what about my loan burden, right? Uh, I think if you figure out a plan to take the oomph out of the bad and hype up the good parts, uh, then you, you should kind of help smooth the issue out. Um, second, with regard to preventing burnout, I just think that balance is super important. Don't take work too seriously. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Our work is incredibly serious, but, you know, you need balance. Somebody, and I, I wish I remember who, on day one during my med school orientation said, endeavor to have a life with medicine rather than live a life of medicine. Um, that's always stuck with me. I thought it was great advice then. I think it's great advice now. And the concept is do what you love, you know, spend time with your family and friends, have hobbies, work out, read books, you know, keep your mind right so you can keep your heart in doing what medicine is really all about. And that's taking care of folks that truly need our help. Wow. Endeavor to have a life with medicine rather than a life of medicine. I think I'm going to put that uh, somewhere in my room or in my background to look at that. Yeah. I've got a tattoo across the, low, the lower part of my back. <laughs> All right, final question. Uh, we've talked a lot about, about doing things that make us happy as a means to prevent physician burnout. What do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, like I said, uh, T, it's, it's about balance. You know, sometimes I do a lot. Sometimes I do absolutely nothing. Uh, in truth, I'm exceptionally good at doing nothing. Um, but in any case, I do whatever I'm doing with my family, my friends, my dog, uh, or with ultrasound. <laughs> So the ultrasound thing is kind of a, 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 a that has to stay stick around. So it's family, friends, ultrasound. Gotcha. Yeah, at least I tried to put it at least in priority. Uh, if any, if my wife saw this, she'd probably disagree with you that it would be last. Gotcha. Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Williams. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. This is your host, student Dr. Tosin Chowdhury. You've just listened to an episode of the American Osteopathic College of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation podcast. Take care and have a great day.